All right, welcome to the first installment of The Casual Fan. I'm Nate. And I'm Nick. And we're just going to be a new podcast discussing current sports, giving our two cents, all that jazz. All right, NBA playoffs. First, the Lakers, probably the biggest surprise of this season. They might even make in the play-in tournament after being what most people thought, or what I thought was an unbeatable team before the season started. Yeah, I mean, this was... I mean, this was like the next generation of a super team, basically. This had, I mean, LeBron, uh, AD, who obviously the two best players on that team. Two, I mean, LeBron's won MVPs, was an MVP candidate last year. AD has been an MVP candidate for at least like the last four or five years. Um, and then you got Russell Westbrook, who came in off the trade in the summer, um, who has also won an MVP in his career. And usually the teams that he's on always make the playoffs. Like, I don't know the last time he hasn't been on a playoff team. Um, and then, of course, you had all the all the veterans that they were signing, which I think that's where you start to see the problems stem from, is the age. Like, I don't know. It, it didn't seem like a very sustainable model. They traded away so many young players or, like, middle-of-the-pack players for all these old veterans that, I mean... I don't know who the youngest player on their team is, but I know their. I think their average age was in in the thirties. It was up there for sure. Which is, I mean, to build a successful NBA roster with such an old uh, age is, I, I don't, I've never seen it. And I don't think we'll see it in the near future either. Yeah. So, so it's like right off the bat, we want to identify problems like mm-hmm. what caused them to end up in the situation. Obviously, Westbrook. Didn't have an optimal season, but that's and, nothing new. And the Westbrook is not just him as a player was the problem. It was the trade. It was it was trading away someone like Kyle Kuzma, who, yeah, last year they were like, was he really that great? Ever since LeBron came, they basically said Kyle Kuzma kind of dropped off. But, I mean, that's what's going to happen when he goes from being one of the main facilitators on the team when it was him, Lonzo, uh, Brandon Ingram, like, when they were a really young team, it was it was them three that were really doing all the work on this team. And then you have LeBron come in, and Kyle Kuzma's touches are cut in half almost. So, of course, his numbers are going to go down. But, like, what he did as a player was more than just numbers. Like, he's he's not – I mean, not a great defender, but he does his job on defense. He's, he's a good scorer. He can drive. He can shoot. Um, and then you gave up KCP, who's a great spot-up shooter. You gave up – um, Harrell, Montrezl Harrell, who, and in terms of big, like he grabs boards, he's a really good board man, um, and he can he can score it, uh, and then he's also got heart. Like that's one of those players when you have him on the team. Like sometimes he has like the toxic moments where like you see him in a game and he might like blow up. Yeah, like yeah. get in an argument or you know whatever it may be, and, and you're like, do you want that kind of player on your team? But it's also like that's like that's hard that's passion and you know you kind of need that um and I, I forget i think they gave a one more player in that trade and that was all for just russell i think there there was also draft picks exchanged i believe but those three players were for one player who as we said before, didn't execute is getting old he's always had like when he's not the star of the team he's had issues like you look at uh his okc days there's a reason why Katie wanted to leave like yeah they were a successful team but when the star of the team wants to leave because of maybe something that was going on between them like you kind of want to look into that and then also when he was traded to Houston and then Casey I mean Chris Paul comes in and you start to see maybe there's a little bit of a problem there um wait I think I got that wrong it was James Harden Russell Westbrook. Yeah, sorry, sorry. When when it was James Harden and Russell, not not Chris Paul, you saw the problems happening. So I think it's it's something like, is this a player you really want on your team? Age and the, the drama that comes with him. Like, yeah, on the court, he does his job most of the time. But there's more than just the court when you're building a team, obviously. Exactly, exactly. And as you said, they traded that huge bundle just for Westbrook who didn't execute, and it's mm-hmm. like, he had 295 turnovers, 188 made jumpers. It's funny enough that the turnovers was actually an improvement from last year where he posted yeah. 312. Mm-hmm. 
And then this year, he posted the second most, only behind Trey Young. Mm-hmm. And then the jumpers, he's who was ranked second last in jump shooting efficiency of players that shot over 500. Mm-hmm. So it's like 500 jumpers. So it's just, I don't know. But you can't really pin it all on Westbrook, in my opinion. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. But but as you're saying, like in terms of efficiency, Russell Westbrook has never been an efficient player in his career. So like, yeah. you know, like they knew what they were getting with him was an inefficient high scoring player. But you can't really be a, a inefficient high scoring player when you have someone like LeBron on your team. He's he's your he's your main ball handler. Like he's yeah. gonna have the ball, and Russell Westbrook also needs the ball in his hand. So that's like part of the clashing was. So yeah, like you said, it's not all on him. It's to me, I think it's a front office problem. Yeah. They built this team. They set this team up for for failure essentially. Even LeBron, like you mentioned, he finished top twenty in turnovers, and then AD had terrible shooting efficiency. Like the big three didn't show up, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then, literally, they didn't show up. They didn't play games. They only had twenty one games together, Dude. where all big, all three of them played. But then they ended up firing Frank Vogel, and it's like. Can you blame it on Vogel? And I think that's it? their second coach in two years. Yeah. Like, he he came in. He won the, the championship. They won the chip. He, yeah. That was his first year with them. And then two years later, now he's fired. Yeah, and I just think... I don't know. He just won a championship for the team. I don't think it's like... I think and it was, last they cut it year, too quick. And last year, they were a good team again. And they only lost to an NBA final runner-up, which was the Suns, who, like, they are... Like, that loss wasn't like, oh, they deserve to win that game. Like, they should have won that series. Like, no, the, the Suns are a good team. So, like, that's obviously not his fault. And then they have one bad year, and then they're going to release him. Like, I just feel like it was more of that terrible season, so we have to do something. So mm-hmm. everyone, like, he does He's their scapegoat, yeah. for sure. But I don't know. And then also the Wizards. Another shock that they didn't make the, even the play-in tournament when they started 10-3, and three, which was first in the East. Why do you think they didn't make it? I mean, coming into the season, they weren't really... They were projected as, like, a fringe playing team. Like, their projection was the playing, so I didn't really expect them to to make it as a six-seed or higher. Um, but, yeah, 10-3 was their best start in, the in like, a decade, I believe. Um, and you saw uh, the Dinwiddie offseason move to sign Dinwiddie. Uh, he was he was supposed to be a very good player. Obviously, he he was very good in uh, Brooklyn before KD came and before he got injured. Um, so that was something where it was like an unproven player or proven but like unknown how he'll do because of uh, him not playing very mu- very much in the last year um, and hoping that he would play good. And him and Beal were supposed to supposed to work good together because. Um, Beal doesn't really need the ball in his hand. That's why I think Beal worked with Westbrook is because uh, Beal is so dynamic in what he does because he started his career with John Wall, who was a primary ball handler, but John Wall needs the ball in his hand. And Beal was just a spot-up shooter. That's what his job was on the team, and he did great with it. And then when you see John Wall get injured, and Beal starts to grow as more of a ISO player and more of a he can, he can pass it, he can score it. Um, so then when you see Dinwiddie come in and, and someone also like Westbrook come in where Beal doesn't need to be that uh, primary ball handler and he, he can go back to what he came into the league as, you kind of expect him to play well again. But it's also like Beal last year and Beal two years ago was averaging so many points on a very mediocre Wizards team. And then this year when the team it started to be projected as better than what they were in the last two years. You see him drop in terms of his scoring, which is kind of concerning because it's like, like there's some players in in the NBA that are always just going to do really good on bad teams, but can they make the step up and be a good player on a good team? Right. And it's maybe you start to question that with Beal. Yeah. I think he'll still, I think next, maybe it was just a down year. He also was injured for a good part of this year. He, I believe at All-Star break around that time, he was out for the season because of um, uh, a wrist injury. Um, so he, he didn't really get a chance to display what he could do. But then when you start, and also Kuzma, speaking of the trade, Kuzma came in. Kuzma was balling out for the Wizards when they were on this streak. 
Montrez Harrell was balling out. So you saw these all these new pieces come in, and you're like, these are fresh pieces, like a, a, a brand new team essentially, all working together so well to make to to get to ten and three, and then it kind of fell apart, which was like very it, it didn't really make sense. Um, but then at around All Star break trade deadline time, it was like the Wizards just decided to blow it up. And they were in the running for the play-in all the way up until the last week of the season. So I think it was just kind of something where they were like, obviously, like, they want to do better next year. So it's, like, you sacrifice this year. You, you don't worry about getting in the play-in this year, and hopefully you're better next year, which is where you see, I mean, getting someone like Kristaps um, was, like, a, that's a blockbuster move. Like, I, don't, I didn't see that coming, and I don't think anybody else saw that coming. Um, and they gave up Dinwiddie and, um, one other player, I forget. Um, so it was, it was two big pieces they gave up for, uh, Kristoff. So I'm, I'm hoping next year that they do better. And they'll obviously in the off season, they're going to have to make a move for, um, a point guard because they have no more point guard right now. Who's, who, they have no point guard who can like help lead a team to the playoffs. Yeah, I I agree. I think Beal and Kuzma not having them throughout the whole season definitely hurt them. But even when they started out first in the East for the tourists, like 10, 11, 12 games, I was like, eventually they're going to drop. Mm-hmm. But I thought they would still make at least a play-in yeah, yeah. They ultimately fell out of contention like with a 1-8 and an eight stretch throughout most of March. But we might see them next year. Uh, obviously, Beal and Kip Kuzma are probably going to play have more playing time next year. But out of the teams that made it, who do you think is going to have the seventh seed? So, I think... On the West, yeah. Yeah, so um, you have Minnesota, LA, the Clippers. Um, So, when it comes to the Clippers, for me, uh, they're a team who, three years ago, you expect a lot of great things on Paul George, Kawhi. um, I believe Pat Bev was on that team. Um... And it would obviously that's two years ago. Like these players have aged a good bit, so I think like what what you expect out of LA isn't is it should be less than that. Obviously, because Kawhi, I mean Kawhi was a a star two or three years ago, and I still think he's a star now, but he's not the star that it was. Like he's like you don't really see much about Kawhi anymore. Like he does his job. He's obviously very good. Um, and he's still a great defensive player, but I think when you look at that team, it's it's like, are they are they really a playoff contender? And obviously, when you're competing for the seventh seed, you're like fringe. Right. Um, but then when you look at Minnesota, on the other hand, that's a, like a, a little bit younger team. You have Cat, who I think is a, one of the better, in my opinion, he's a top five center in the league. Um, you have Pat Bev, who was on the Clippers, who is, he's not much of a, a, he doesn't do much when it comes to the stat sheet, but the heart he brings and defensively what Pat Bev does is very good. And he's always like getting into star players' minds, which I think is, is like a not very valued thing in the NBA. But when you see players like Patrick Beverly, Marcus Smart, who are these kind of, uh, controversial players, um, you see those teams kind of be successful because this player's targeting the star player of the other team, getting their their mind off of what really matters, and you kind of see success built off that sometimes. Um, but for me, I think I'm going to go for Minnesota. Definitely. I agree with Minnesota, with Towns, and the lacking of Kawhi for the Clippers. Mm-hmm. I think Minnesota beats the Clippers for the 7th seed, and then they see. What do you think? Um... That one's a little bit harder for me. I think between New Orleans and San Antonio, I'll keep this one short and sweet. I'm going to go for New Orleans. Me too. Okay. Um, and then when it comes to the Clippers and New Orleans, I think you this is where the Clippers will win. I think there's just too much of a skill gap between those two teams um, for New Orleans to really be able to uh, get past it. And one of the big problems with New Orleans was is obviously Zion, who is a player... 
I mean, people were calling him the second coming of LeBron, which yeah. whenever, anytime a player is touted as the second coming of like one of the greatest players of all time, it never ends well. So I, I think people just need to stop doing that. Like, let these players develop into who they are. And Zion obviously has other problems besides just like all that pressure. Like, he, it's so hard for a player that big to be able to remain healthy for, I mean, an 82 game season and then plus the playoffs like you I don't think he's played even half a year like uh yeah like half a year in his career um so yeah I think I'll, I'll take the Clippers against New Orleans it's just too much of a, a skill gap for me I got the Clippers beating whoever comes out of the 9 and 10 game mm-hmm. either with the Spurs or the Pelicans I think Paul George who came back hot after his elbow injury uh, shot over 50% in three, oh, from three in the five games that he came back after his injury. So I, I have him, even without Kawhi, carrying their offense mm-hmm. past the 9 and 10. All right, from the East, who do you got in the seventh? Seven, Brooklyn. Straight Brooklyn, up Brooklyn. Yeah. I'm, not gonna, <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm not even going to elaborate on it. I mean, is, Brooklyn being as low as the seventh seed is more of a shock than anything for me. Even... Well, no, it's definitely the Lakers is the biggest shock of this season. But Brooklyn being the seven is probably also my big, second yeah. biggest shock. Uh, I mean, you you look at that team and it's like same thing with the with the Lakers. Is is this is a super team? This is a team that should be competing for the one seed, not not the plan. Not right. that's that's astonishing to me. But yeah, Brooklyn straight up, I'll, I'll take Brooklyn. They definitely look out of place looking at the seven. I was surprised to see them there, but. I think a question that we should like that should be raised is if they would even want the seventh seed, because honestly, the Miami Heat, the way they finished out the regular season, I would probably rather play them than the Boston Celtics, mm, who, yeah, who right now they're the best hot. defensively, executing on both sides of the court. But then again, if you, I mean, obviously you can't really try to manipulate. You might end mm-hmm. up losing the second game. Yeah, it's not something yeah. you risk. I mean, in one, and that's the thing with. One of the reasons why March Madness is so exciting every year is because it's a one one game decides it all. You know, one game, one game, one game. So, so you lose that one game, you're done, and that's and anything can happen in that one game, which is which is where why you see more upsets and excitement in March Madness or even like the NFL, for example, than you do in something like baseball or or basketball. Where, I mean, once once Brooklyn gets to a seven game series. Like the better they can wins. drop one game against Boston or Miami or Milwaukee, and if they're the better team in that series, which I'm not saying I, I don't think they're, in my opinion, I still don't think they're better than Milwaukee. I think, like jumping ahead a little bit here, I think Milwaukee will come out of the East. Um, but I, it's what, like you were saying, like you don't risk it. You just you win your game. But that's man, it. Would just they would play the. Heat and then the 76ers. Now they got to play the like if they make mm-hmm. they win tonight, they would have to win the, against the Celtics and then the Bucks, yep. which is like probably the two hardest teams that you would want to play against. Exactly, yeah. But yeah, honestly, I thought they would be like at least top four seeded. I mean, they had that 0 11 loss streak uh, in mid January to February, and I think that's ultimately what landed them here. And I think part of the reason why that happens is with the Harden trade with the instability that comes with any trade is is what's going to lead a team to derail sometimes but obviously they're going to be able to stabilize when you have someone like Kyrie uh Kyrie Katie um and I don't think Ben Simmons will be able to play this this uh playoffs so I think that's also where you'll see that they're not I don't think they'll make it out of the East, and I don't, and I think there's a good chance they don't make it out of the second round. The first round against the Celtics. Oh yeah, the first round. Sorry, because they're really only playing with Katie and Kyrie, but obviously they have their role players that that are very good too, like Seth Curry, who is a very good um, spot up shooter. Um, but I think missing that third star, which is what this team was really built around when you had Katie, Kyrie, right. was Harden, three. was the big three. I think missing that, that third superstar is going to be their ultimate downfall when it comes to the playoffs. 
Yeah, you said the trade uh, played a big part in it. I also think it was obviously them missing games. KD missed 28 games, mm-hmm. and then Kyrie only played in 28 games. Yeah, and I think when they had KD, Kyrie, and Harden, I think they only played, I think the stat was three games together in total. It might have been, been a little bit more than that, but it, w- it was in the single digits that the their big three, which is what they threw all this cash at, what they built this team around, actually only played that many games together is, is like kind of crazy. And that's where I think, like people want to say super teams ruin the NBA, but also super teams out, like obviously excluding like the, the warrior Cavaliers dynasties, yeah. super teams aren't really like they're not as as dangerous as people make them out to out to be. Because yeah. when you're building a super team, it, you're also sacrificing the depth that that a normal team will have. And once one player in that super one superstar on that super team gets hurt or has to miss however many games, then that's where you start to see it crumble. So kind of like when Toronto beat Golden State. In the finals that year, you had Draymond miss a few games. You had Clay get injured, and then it was just Steph. And yeah, you can't like you go from three superstars to one superstar, and now what are they gonna do? Yeah, personally, I'm not against super teams. I think it makes it more exciting. And then look at how the, the super teams fared this year. Mm-hmm. If the Lakers who didn't make it, mm-hmm. the Nets who were here, the Warriors arguably with Clay coming back, are they a super team? Probably. And then, but they were only a three seed in the in the West, yeah. so it's like. And I, you look at the two top teams of both yeah. both sides of the bracket. This well rounded uh, teams. It's the Suns are the top of the West. Suns, right? yeah, Suns, yeah, Suns, and Suns and Miami. Um, it's like these are like like your your standard yeah. teams. These are teams built around one star, Jimmy Butler, and I I guess they have like Adebayo and. They're, Oladipo. Yeah, Oladipo are like their their big three, but like that's not a big three. That's yeah, it's just that's the maybe one two stars, and then like the rest. I mean, they. I think Miami has a six man of the year in Tyler Hero, and that's where like these standard teams that are built with so much depth. Like yeah. like one player gets injured on Miami, next man up, and they're good to go because that next man is on the same skill level as whoever got injured. Like, they can just plug him in and they're good to go. And then same with the Suns. They got they got Chris Paul and Devin Booker, who are obviously the two stars of that team. But then you got someone like Mikael Bridges, who, in my opinion, is going to be Defensive Player of the Year, or my my Defensive Player of the Year nominee. Um, and then you got the, all the rest of the uh, the role players on that team who just do their job, and that's what what these why these teams are so successful because people know what their job is yeah and here's the thing there's only so much space in the salary cap mm-hmm. so you can sign three stars four stars because the lakers had mellow i mean and dwight howard mm-hmm. i mean but then the rest of the players are probably going to be i mean subpar so it's yeah. like you can have three stars you can have like a super deep team i think they can both be strong i don't think there's like a a right way to do it mm-hmm. that's why i don't have a problem with like the super teams but then the eighth seed who do you got um so between Atlanta and Charlotte, I I like Charlotte as a team. I believe I mean Lamella wow. Ball is so good at such a young age and and not only and as as like a team player, not okay. only as a as a individual but as doing what he needs to do for his team, he's so good. Um Versus like Atlanta, who they have a lot of. Uh, Atlanta is a very. Both of these teams are very young. So, yeah. um, and you have Trey Young, who is also like Trey Young and Lamel Ball in terms of like skill level are even to me. I think they're both on the same level. Um, but then Atlanta also has uh, Cam, Cam Reddish. Uh, I don't know. That's such a hard pick for me. I'm going to go Charlotte. Okay. Just because I like them better. Like, just being biased. I'll okay. straight up say it. I'm going to go Charlotte. Um, and then Charlotte versus Cleveland. I'll take Cleveland. Because I think Cleveland just has more on the top end than Charlotte does. I think with uh, Garland and Sexton... As your two, your your front court, or your back court, sorry, 
um, is just so strong and so influential in the games that it's hard to just beat that. Yeah. Okay, I'm actually going Atlanta to beat both the Hornets and the Cavs. So I got Atlanta over the Hornets. Like like you said, like a battle of the young stars. Mm-hmm. That should be a fun game to watch. But I think Trey will propel him over. And then against the Cavs, they just played the Cavs on March 31st. Trey went off for 30 points, 9 assists. So I think he can propel him against, like, he, they can pull the upset against the Cavs too, end up as the eighth seed to go against mm-hmm. the Heat. Mm-hmm. So that's what I picked. All right, first game, we got the Suns versus whoever ends up being the eighth seed. I'm going to just say four-game four okay. sweep. Okay. <laughs> the Suns are such a good team. Back-to-back years, too, that they are so dominant with, with like, I mean, once again, like I was saying before, you look at their team, they got their two superstars, and then the rest are players who know their job so well that – I don't. It's so hard to game plan against that team because no one gets distracted. No Role one plays. gets. Yeah. yeah. No one. No one gets, like, beat really. Like they just do their job and they do it so well. I, so I'm gonna go Suns and four. Yeah, I agree. I think this is the only series out of all the first round, or probably the whole thing, that could be a sweep. Mm-hmm. I have it in five. Phoenix winning in five against the Clippers. Uh, you saw Chris Paul being the assist later this year. And then them getting 63 wins to set the franchise record. They actually squeezed out a 64th win. Um, but yeah, also a big thing was the road games. They have the home court advantage throughout the tournament, but their road, they had the best road record in the tournament mm-hmm. and, or in the whole league. So I think even with the road, I mean, they might very well be a sweep because they, mm-hmm. they fare well on the, well on the road too. So yeah. Second, we got the Grizzlies against the seventh seed. Who do you got? So the grit, I mean, the Grizzlies to me are a weird team because I think I'm sure most people have seen the stat where it's like without John Moran, their so, like their yeah. record is so good that like is John Moran really that good for them? Like obviously John Moran is that good for them. <laughs> like John Moran is is an amazing player, um, and I don't know who I have winning the seven seed. Who did I say? Timberwolves. Timberwolves. I think I'll go six and six, the Grizzlies. And I don't, and I think that's probably being a little bit generous to Minnesota because the Grizzlies are so good. I mean, the Grizzlies were in the one seed for a good bit of time. Um, but yeah, I'll go with six for the Grizzlies against Minnesota. Yeah, I agree. I have this also as a six game. I think, but the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to make it a hard series for them. Mm, for sure. I think they're going to push it because you have Towns who put up the most points by a player in a game with 60 earlier in the season. And then you, I mean, but on the other side, obviously Memphis has players on like offensive and defensive stars. Mm-hmm. Jaron Jackson had the most blocks this year, finished on the all defensive uh, first team. So I, I think really it'll be a good season. One of the more interesting ones in the first round. But I think obviously I don't really see the Timberwolves winning four against them. Yeah. Maybe they push it seven, but I uh, the Grizzlies knocking it out in six. And then Curry with the Warriors against Jokic with the Nuggets. Who do you got? So, obviously you have an MVP candidate in Jokic. Okay. Who I think will be the best player on the court. And on the other hand, you have Steph Curry. Who, mm-hmm. I mean, one of the greatest players of his generation, obviously. I think this game goes to seven. Okay. And I'm going to have to go with, I'll, I'll go with Golden State. I think Golden State went in seven. Okay. Um, I just think it's hard to beat, I mean, Curry. It's hard to beat Curry. He, he wills his team to, to, victory more more times than you can count i think draymond green will be able to defend Jokic pretty well i don't think he'll be able to negate him at all i think Jokic will still be a star in the series but i think draymond green will be able to match up well enough to Jokic where you can at least limit the damage that he does um and then when i look at the rest of the uh nuggets roster i just think that exactly it, it's 
Like it's Jokic. It's Jokic, Jokic is friends. the roster. It's like yeah, it's, it's Jokic. not as uh, well rounded. Yeah, it's just harder to. Yeah, it's just hard to like be a one man army against a team, especially a team like Golden State, who yeah. are are very well coached. Have a player like Curry. Have a player like Draymond, who, like, we've been speaking about role players this whole time. Draymond Green might be the greatest role player in NBA history. He's such a good role player that he convinced people <laughs> that he was a superstar at one point. Like yeah. that's that's like no disrespect to Draymond. He's an amazing player, but he was never like a superstar. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's how good of a role player he is that he convinced the world that he's a superstar. Well, I think Steph and Clay are obviously the superstars of the Warriors, mm -hmm. but. Dre is maybe the most important player on the team after Curry. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't knock Curry, but I mean, yeah. Draymond really pulls it together. He's the mm -hmm. glue, mm -hmm. the facilitator, I think. And I think Draymond Green, which is something that I don't think people talk a lot about, is that he's such a good mentor for the younger players. Yeah. Is that, that's something that I've talked about a lot. Yeah, how he mentored Wiseman, mm -hmm. who unfortunately won't be playing. But the problem is when Curry is going to get back. Because yeah. if he doesn't come back, I, well, he, he'll get back. But depending on when he gets back and affect how this series plays out, yeah. they said that he today I saw an article saying that they could come Curry could come back in the first game. I don't know about that. Maybe the second game. Sure. And I think third. if you're the Warriors, I think you can even if he is available for the first game. I think if I'm if I'm the coach, I would even just sit him for the first game. I would I would risk losing that first game to ensure that he doesn't get re-injured first off and that he's fully healthy for that second game because assuming like worst case scenario they play in that first game he gets re-injured whether you win that first series or not you just doomed your whole playoffs yeah like you're not you're not getting past the second round without curry like it's just not gonna happen so i think even regardless of his health in the first game you sit in the first game you risk losing that first game yeah it's gonna be a loss but i think with him fully healthy, you're you can more than easily win four games. Yes. Against the Nuggets before they can win three more. Yeah. The Warriors want to get him in a scrimmage Thursday night to play at least against his own teammates before he gets in there in the playoffs. Mm. Um but I mean yeah, I think it really relies on Steph Curry. I think if they even if they drop the first two, the Warriors might still be able to pull it out with Curry like banding together. But I think the Warriors probably win one of the first two games at home, even without Curry. Mm -hmm. So I have Warriors winning this one in six. And then we got the Mavericks and the Jazz. Who do you got? I think... I think Jazz win this one in a six-game series. Mm, okay. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Because the only reason I say this is because... When first off, Utah has been here so many times in the past. I think they've like what is this their fifth year in a row? I believe. Uh, maybe I don't know. Might be more, might be less, but they've been but they've been here for a few times in a row now. And you look at Rudy Gobert, who, as you're showing, like he rebounds more than anyone in the NBA. He's easily one of the best defenders in the NBA. And although he's a bit of a liability on offense, those two things alone, being able to grab boards more than anyone else on the court. And when you look at Ma the Mavericks, I don't think anyone in the Mavericks has a chance at out-rebounding um, Rudy Gobert. So yeah. I think they're going to be able to have so many second-chance points and limit Ma the Dallas Mavericks' second-chance points that... that And, and the second-chance second points are such a huge statistic that... Obviously, the team that grabs more offensive rebounds is usually very successful. So I think that alone is going to be a very big factor in this series. And then also you have Donovan Mitchell, who makes up for Rudy Gobert's offensive um, inabilities, I guess you could say. Um, and then when you look at the Mavericks, like I said, I don't think anyone matches against Rudy Gobert very well. Um, Luka Doncic, obviously, he's a superstar. I think he'll he's gonna do his best to get them make them competitive in this series, but I don't think him alone is enough. Um, and like I said earlier with the the Kristaps Dinwiddie trade, Dinwiddie's a good player, but obviously this year he just hasn't been the player that you 
would have expected him to be maybe. Um, you have Tim Hardaway Jr. too, who's a solid player, but I just, I don't know. I don't see this series being very fortunate for Dallas. Yeah. I mean, the Mavericks finished off a regular season on a somewhat high note. They had 8-2 and two in the last 10 games, mm-hmm. but then in the last game, Doncic got injured. So it's like, one, it's like, why even start your star player yeah. in the final game of the season? Mm-hmm. I mean, they were trying to get the three seed. The Warriors had to, I mean, pretty much went out to secure the three seed. So they had a chance at that, but it's just not worth it. I mean, and you, this is an example why it's not worth it. I mean, overall, you, you got an excellent shot defender in Rudy Gobert. I have the Jazz too, but in seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, the, the Mavericks still have home court advantage. Yep. Doncic, I don't know when he's going to get back. I hope they don't rush him back too soon. Luka's going to try to get in there, I think, as soon as possible. Yeah, Luka is, is like such when again talking about heart like he's in love with the game like you see it in his interviews you see it in his, his gameplay like he'll he'll want to play yeah but if he comes back too early i think i don't know because if they don't get past this first round i mean if they do get past this first round it's over after this round they're not making it that far so the playoff games that they do have luca's definitely going to want to show up mm-hmm. but yes i do have the jazz in seven all right, we got the Miami Heat against the eight seed. This is weird for me because when we're talking about one seeds, the Miami Heat as a one seed is so, like, wrong kind of. like Yeah. And I don't mean wrong as, like, they don't deserve it. They obviously deserve it. I just mean wrong as in they're not, like, your typical one. Like, they, like, aren't, in my opinion, the best team in the East. Yeah. The best team in the East for me is probably Milwaukee. And then maybe the Celtics. Yeah, and then the Cel- like the way the Celtics closed out the year was pretty pretty crazy. Same I mean Miami closed out the year solo too. But I think those two teams are your are your best teams in the East. So Miami's a one seed. Whoever is the eighth seed is gonna be very fortunate to play them. But I also I still don't think they're gonna win. I think it it's gonna be a six game series against um Cleveland. Okay, I also have it in six against Atlanta, mm-hmm. but I mean, there's just no way that the eight seed pulls the upset. Yeah, it's just, it doesn't happen. I agree that they don't look like a one seed. I mean, only two games differentiated the first four seeds. Mm-hmm. The 76 yeah, yeah. yeah, and something I want to talk about that I didn't get a chance to was that looking at the East versus the West, the East this year what is so exciting in my opinion so much more exciting than the west like you look at the 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 difference between record in the west i mean the best team in the west has 30 more wins than the worst team or the the playing team the 10th seed versus the best team in the east has only 10 more wins than than the 10th seed yeah which is like that just goes to show how tight the, the east is and that that if you're if you want to pick a game to watch you you got to pick whatever game is yeah. going on in the East because that game is going to be exciting. And and I think also the East, in my opinion, is probably stronger than the West. And only because, and I want to say this because the West has really one team, which is one, one, like, one team that's significantly better than okay. everyone else, which is Phoenix, who they have... Eight more wins than the closest team, so they ran away with it. And then uh, Miami only has two more wins than the one and the the one through the four seed has two more yeah. wins than all those teams. Like, like we're saying, like they're a weird one seed because of how competitive the one seed was this year. That it could have gone all the way down to the fourth team could have been a one seed. Yeah. So yeah. Even the seven through ten seed, only two games differentiated mm-hmm. them. It was super close through all the Eastern Conference teams that made the playoffs, super competitive. So yeah, I do think it'll probably be more, like the one to watch if you want to yeah. put one on TV, yeah. definitely one of the East. But yeah, I have Miami in six, mostly because I mean, you got Autobio, also make the defensive first team. Yeah. Harrow, I agree, he's probably sixth man of the year. They shouldn't have too much, I mean, they might get in five. They shouldn't have too much trouble against whoever the eight seed ends up being. Definitely not an upset, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't see an upset though. Then the Celtics and the seventh seed. Who I think is going to be Brooklyn. And I'm going to take the Celtics 
and I'm going to take them. I want to say five, but I'm going to say six. Okay. Because I think five is being a little bit optimistic for them. Um, but I say six because of what we were saying earlier about Brooklyn. It's, it's, they're going to be playing without Ben Simmons the whole time. So they only have Katie. Well, he could come back. He could come back. Well, it's just, he could, but I think, I don't, I don't see it happening. I don't see him coming back. Um, so I think missing their third superstar, which is like I was saying earlier, what they were built on is, is going to be super like hard to overcome. But also, when you talk about the Celtics as a team, like in their previous playoff appearances, they've the Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum experiment has been kind of like questioned with like whether they can work together like like on a playoff level. Like regular season wise, they've always been great. But on a playoff level is where you start to see that duo kind of fall apart. And I think that's the Nets' one chance to kind of break through in this series would be if something happens to that duo, like like has happened in the previous years. Yes, I agree. I got the Celtics winning here. And it's just remarkable how they were able to turn it around. Because halfway through the season, like at the All-Star break, they were looking like they were battling for a playing mm-hmm. seat. Mm-hmm. Now they ended up as the two seat. Since January 7th, like it says in the graphic, 29 and 7, including a 9 0 streak and an 11 and 1 streak, they just really turned it on. I mean, Marcus Smart, I mean, in my opinion, I mean, also has a case for defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. And you got Jason Tatum averaging 30 over his last 25, 26 games. I have the Celtics in six. Um, I don't really see, I definitely, the Nets won a game. I said they win two. And then ultimately, the Celtics won it in six. Mm-hmm. And then the Bucks and the Raptors. No, Bucks and the Bulls, my bad. Who do you got? Um Bucks in five. In I just five. think uh I just I don't I don't see I think Lonzo Ball is gonna be out for the series. And I think that's what he was such a big player for the Bulls this season. Obviously, you have DeMar DeRozan, who in the first half of the season, we're saying was an MVP candidate. Um, he slowed down, obviously, but not that much. Like, he still he still had a great season. Um, but you see someone like Giannis, who last year was dominant. This year was still dominant. And he's finally starting to add a jumper into his, his yeah. skill set. Like, he's already probably top three most dominant player down in the post. Um, and now that he can add a mid-range into his package where it starts to open up a little bit more and players can't just play. Like, he was a little bit one-dimensional. Now he's he's definitely opened something else up. Um, and then you have... Uh, what's his name? What's the second star for them? I forget. Um, shoot. Uh, uh, Middleton. Yeah, Middleton. Sorry. Uh, who is also like another? He's not a superstar, yeah. but he's another star. And Andrew like this, Holiday. and yeah, Andrew Holiday, who was such a big factor in their success last year. Like this is almost the same exact team as last year that won the chip. Um, they obviously lost someone like Forbes, who was like a great spot up shooter for them and spaced the floor out very well. But now they don't need as much floor spacing because of what Giannis has added. Um, I just don't see the Raptors. I mean, sorry, the Bulls being able to. Uh, overcome such a a well put together team like when we're talking about building a team like the front office for milwaukee has done such a great job um so yeah i have them in five yeah i think Giannis has been excellent this year he's showing that he hasn't peaked yet and like he was already a defensive force Mm -hmm. and then now he's got the mid-range best mid-range percentage of his entire career he's facilitating on the threes he has like the most assisted threes per game out of every player in the league. So I think that's pretty impressive too. And I mean, just the, I mean, they got Giannis. I mean, they got their big three and then I don't know who really competes on the, um, on the, on the bulls. You got to really, yeah, with, uh, with Lonzo out of that, it's, yeah, it's hard. 
I mean, they were a contender earlier in the year. Oh, for sure. They were. They had the one. It was them and the Wizards were the two teams yeah. that started super hot in the East. They kept it up for a little bit longer than the Wizards did, and then obviously, like they, it's hard to keep that up. And now the uh, they also have Zach Levine, who's a very good player. Yeah, you got the Levine. But now the Bucks are getting Brooke Lopez back, mm-hmm. and they've been playing without him for a while, and it's just like everything's kind of clicking for the Bucks at the right time. Yep. Because so many players were missing like double-digit games, even players off the bench like key uh, role players George Hill, Pat Connaughton, George Hill, yep. Pat Connaughton, yeah. uh, Wesley Matthews. So now I mean I have the Bucks in six. How many games did you have it in? Five. Yeah, in five. Yeah, five or six. Definitely the Bucks pull this one out. Okay, the Sixers and the Raptors. I will go. With, I think this is a weird game because a weird series because, I think, once again, like I was saying, the one seed or the four seed in the East all could have been one seeds. Yeah, and I think the Sixers are, like, a lot better. And I don't know how to say this. I don't think they're a lot better than than the Raptors. I just think that the their records and the them being a four seed and the Raptors being a five seed are a little bit like. Like, they push you... Like, they make you think wrong about how the series will be. I think the way you have to think about this series is it's a one seed versus a five seed. I think that's how you have to look at this series. And the Raptors' success this year, I don't want to say a fluke, but them being as successful as they were was not, like, predicted. And I don't think that they will be able to maintain it now in the playoffs, especially with them. They're a very young team. They, they are a very, very young team. So, and when playoff time comes around, experience tends to begin to show more than it does in the regular season. And I think the Sixers have that. Um, and I think now with James Harden, you got to realize that the Sixers were playing down their second star the whole year because of the Ben Simmons ordeal. And right. now that they have James Harden, I think this series will also be a five-game series for the Sixers. Okay, I have it in seven. I think that the Sixers actually should be a little bit worried, especially since Thibault can't play, mm-hmm. like um, the, the away games. I mean, I mean, you have the, arguably the MVP in Embiid, um, scoring champ, first center to do it since Shaq did, Jack did it in, in 2000. I, have, I mean, I have the Sixers winning, but I don't think it's like a gimme. I don't mm-hmm. think it's like in five or six. It could be in six, but I mean, the Raptors are going to make you work for it. They got the Rookie of the yep. Year. They got Siakam. Like, they got a, what's the uh, three-pointer, like the short one? Uh, but Van Vliet. Van Vliet. Van Vliet. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be easy. And then maybe if they can steal a game. OG on a newbie. And, yeah. Maybe they can steal an away game without Bible. But, I mean, it's going to come down to them winning the home games. Because the last thing you want is the Raptors to steal an away game. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good point you bring up about losing Bible Because he's so good on defense. And Ben Simmons, that was what, that's like, he was very good on defense too. And now you trade someone who's so good on defense in Ben Simmons for someone who's like a bit of a liability on defense in James Harden. I think that's something where I'm still going to sit with with my five-game prediction, but I think that's something where it does make it a seven-game series maybe. I think ultimately, I mean, the home team could possibly win every game of this series and then have the Sixers win again in Mm -hmm. seven. Yep, I can see that. And then in the conference semifinals, we got the winner of the Suns and the AC, and then the Mavericks and the Jets. I will take the Suns again against, uh, who did I have predicted? I had Dallas. No, no, I had yeah, Utah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I'll take, yeah, I'll take the Suns against uh, Utah. Um, simply because the Suns are just so much more dominant than everyone else in the West. Uh, I think, once again, looking at the rosters where the Suns are probably the most well-built team in the NBA right now. Um, yeah, I think I just don't think that I don't see the Jazz being able to match up very well against them because with their what the Jazz do have is Rudy Gobert, who's 
obviously their best player and Donovan Mitchell, who's their. I mean, I guess they're both like they're they're probably about even in terms of how important they are for the team. But I think because the Suns are built around their backcourt in Chris Paul and Devin Booker, that Rudy Gobert his his amazing defense is going to be nullified a little bit because of that, because the Suns are going to be able to just run through Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Yeah. I'll so I'll go uh, six games. The, oh, the Suns and six? Mm-hmm. Yeah, same, exact same as me. And then we saw, I mean, Chris Paul had the thumb injury for 15 games. And then if the Suns, I mean, he's their best playmaker. So if they went on a losing record in, in those 15, that would have been like understandable. But they went 11-4, and four, mm-hmm. below full strength. Now they are at full strength. It's like, I don't think, I mean, it's not looking like anyone could beat them. Surely yep. not the Jazz. Yep. So, yeah, I agree. Suns and six. Then we have the Grizzlies versus the seven seed and then the, Warrior, winner of the, win, the winner of the Warriors and the Nuggets. Yeah, so I'll go, and, and I think this is going to be Grizzly versus Golden State, and I'll go the Grizzlies. Um, and did you say Clay will be back? For this? You mean Steph? No, is Clay Thompson injured? Yeah, Clay. No, Clay's good. He's good. Yeah. And Steph will be back by now. If, yeah, if they make yeah. it for you. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna go with Memphis still in seven. Okay. And because of home court advantage, okay. and that's the only reason why I say it because I think, I think these teams are uh, like almost identical, because Jaron Jackson and. Uh, John Morant and Stephen Clay, I think as like in in a two v two, those two are very well matched up. And then I think when it comes to the big men, with Draymond Green versus uh, who's their big man? Draymond Green versus I can't I or Stephen Adams. Draymond Green versus Stephen Adams. I think they're almost. Also similar players, like where Steven Adams is, is pretty good defensively. But I think Steven Adams can out-rebound Draymond. Like, Steven Adams as a board man is so... Like, that's what he was known for in Oklahoma, was being able to grab, like, any board. <laughs> and so I think that's where they kind of might get a little bit of an advantage. And I, I don't know. I think it's kind of weird. Like, I'm, I'm rating, like, rebounds very, like, highly in terms of their importance for these games. Um, but yeah, I think, I think seven with Memphis winning it because of home court advantage. Okay. Well, Steph, Clay, and Draymond have never lost a playoff series when they started every Mm -hmm. game. So I have the Warriors winning here because of experience. These are a bunch of vets versus, I mean, some youth in the Grizzlies Mm -hmm. playing like all-stars right now. But I think the playoff experience was going to come in handy for the Warriors. It's always different. And at full strength, you said they're about equal. I edge it to the Warriors. I mean, we've seen that like because of the chemistry. Like it's been the same core for since 2015, and I just think they're gonna like. I think they're gonna pull it out in in six. I have the Warriors in six. Okay. But yeah, I think it should be a, like a fun series to watch. Mm-hmm. We got the Heat versus the eight seed and the 76ers. The winner of the 76ers and the Raptors. Um. So I had the Heat and Philadelphia, and I think I take the Heat again here. I think I take the Heat again here because I think the Heat are a deeper team than Philadelphia. And when you've seen James Harden play in the playoffs is where he kind of gets exposed, like quote-unquote, and his his – his production and his ability to lead a successful team begins to get diminished. Um, but I think what changes this year versus his previous years is that he's not the star on the team anymore. He's not the most important player on the floor. It's going to be Joel Embiid, obviously. Um, I think this one also goes to seven. I agree. And I think, again, that home court advantage is the difference maker here. I think that the Heat, I think that um, Jimmy Butler 
when Jimmy Butler plays in the playoffs, he becomes a different player. Like, he's a great regular season player. He's an even better playoff player. And I think the opposite can be said for James Harden and somewhat for Joel Embiid. Like, whenever the 76ers make the playoffs, they do well against their first-round matchup always. And then they start to struggle second round. And if they ever make it to the third round, they also struggle so much. So I think he in seven. Okay. I've got Philly in seven, pulling the upset. It's going to come down to James Harden. If he can like mm-hmm. be on his game, on his A game, and not playing lackadaisical, I mean anything less than his like his top self isn't gonna cut it. But yeah. I think he's gonna understand that coming into the game and show up to the game. lot also, if they get past the first round, his partial absence won't be an issue. Yep. So now they're at full strength, mm-hmm. and like you said, 76ers could be a one seed. Only two games yeah. separate them, mm-hmm. even though they're a four. I think they have what it takes to push it to seven, mm-hmm. maybe even upset the Heat in the seven game. Celtics versus the seven seed, Bucks versus Bulls. Um, I've got Bucks in six, um, and only because I just think the Bucks. I mean, they have the same exact record, so I don't think like seed matters here. Like it does right. for home court, but I think that the Bucks are just a better team on paper and on the court. I think the Celtics got really hot late in the season. And they had everyone. They like I don't think they were missing anyone late in the season. They're pretty. They're they're full strength of not barely below. Yeah. Full strength. Versus as you were saying earlier, the Bucks were missing a few players throughout right. the year. Many players. Yeah. And now, the Bucks are full strength. Same exact record as the Celtics did. I think I just take Bucks in six. I've got the Bucks in seven. I think they should be the one seed here. I have them as the favorite in the mm-hmm. East too. But. I mean, it could go either way. I think Giannis is going to be the best player on the court here. One hundred percent. I mean, only player to make the all like an All NBA team and an All Defensive team. Yep. So yeah, I got the Bucks. All right, the NBA Western Conference. Who do you got winning? So I had Phoenix and Memphis, and I'm gonna go with Phoenix again. Once again, just because they're they're the best team in the West and by, like, too significant of an amount. Um, but I'll say this series is a little bit closer. I'll say it's six. Six and Phoenix taking it. Um, and I don't, I don't really think there's much more to be said. I just think they're just so much better than everyone else in the West that, yeah, six. Okay. So it's different for us because I have the Warriors, have the Warriors yeah. against the Suns. And then I... T- <laughs> I'm a Warriors fan. Yeah, I know you want you want so, to take them, but but I, I'm going to in seven because I feel like I mean the Suns are new here. They haven't been in the playoffs for like this many years. Like um, they 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 were there last year. They were just there last year. Yeah, but is that more experienced than the Warriors dynasty? I don't think so. But who in the Warriors is experienced? It's just the th- the big three. That's enough. And then who's who on the Suns is experienced? Chris Paul. Okay. Been there plenty of times. And then Devin Booker's young. Mm-hmm. But Devin Booker, but I don't, I, I mean, I do think it matters. I do think the experience matters, but I don't know. For me, honestly, I think the Suns are the better choice, but because I want the Warriors you, to win, yeah. I don't think it's an impossible But pass. I think that's okay. I think, I think you got, I mean, as a fan, you got, I mean, you got to, you got to stick with your team. So I, yeah. I, I respect it. I respect it. Also, I mentioned Stone on the last side. If the Nets do somehow finesse their way past the Celtics, their run surely ends against the Bucks. They're not going to win the conference, but I don't think they're going to make it to the NBA Finals. Who's? The Nets. Oh, oh, if, if they do beat um, the, the Celtics. Celtics. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I have the Warriors winning the Western Conference in seven. Or East. I have the Bucks against Miami. Did I say Miami right? Yeah. yeah. I have the Bucks against. I have the Bucks beating Miami in. Five. Bucks against Miami in five. And I think last year the Bucks played Miami. And I think it was a sweep. If not, it was a 4-1 series. Um, and then the year prior, it was the opposite. I think Miami swept the Bucks, But that was also like Mickey Route Mouse, whatever, right. like bubble. Um, but... I think it just comes back to again, like the Bucks to me were the deserving one seed if they were full strength. And 
again, they only finished two games worse than a Miami team who was full strength. So I think now if the Bucks are full strength at this point in the season, that they're just they're just the best team in the East. I think they will win this series in six again. Okay. I also have the Bucks in six, but against Philly. Mm-hmm. Because I think after they play Boston, this is going to be like a little bit easier. Uh, I mean, the, the Bucks' big three is 33-9 and nine when they pl- all play together. And I just think, I mean, they, they're reigning uh, Eastern, no, winning NBA Finals champions. So I think they'll get it done in one less game here and come out of the East. Mm-hmm. I think it should be interesting because it's like anyone, a lot of teams can come out the East. Yeah, the East is definitely the most. I think this is the East this year is probably one of the most interesting conference playoffs in yeah. probably the last decade. And only because, like, the East has always been one of the, like, closer ones right. where it's, like, like, but closer because every team was bad, usually. Yeah. Not bad, but, Mediocre. like, not as good. Yeah. But I think every team is good this year. Yeah. Um, and then it was always, like, LeBron's Heat or LeBron's Cleveland that was just running through the East, but now there's just no, there's no like super team in the East anymore. Yeah, I've got the three seed and the four seed meeting in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, yeah. we haven't seen that in mm-hmm. I don't know how many years. All right, though, you ready to win the whole thing? Um, Phoenix. Okay. Makes and sense. once again, I think to me, these teams are perfectly evenly matched. But because Phoenix has home advantage, I think that's going to help them so much. Um, I forget, did they have home advantage last year? I don't remember off the top of my head. I don't remember. Um, either way, I think, I think Phoenix has I, they basically been able to keep their whole roster together from last year. Yeah. And same for the Bucks. I think like, they're basically the same rosters. I just think that... It's like a rematch. Mm-hmm, pretty much. I think, but I think the, the Suns players, the Suns young players, like not Devin Booker or Chris Paul, but they're... Like Mike McHale Bridges, DeAndre Ayton have both grown so much in this last year that now the Bucks, who I don't think they've really had any young players like really sprout, other than like Giannis like adding his jumper. I don't think there's been much change in the Bucks roster that and I think it's actually the opposite where you see someone like Drew Holiday regress a little from last year. Mm. I don't think he's gonna be as key so for me, I think the Suns just got a little bit better while the Bucks got a little bit worse. So I think it's just going to be a reversal of last year, and I'll, I'll take the Suns in seven. Okay. So I've got the Warriors and the Bucks, and... <laughs> Don't say it. Don't say it. I'm picking the Warriors oh. in seven. No, in six. Because if they beat the Suns... In six? In six. Because if they beat the Suns, that's the real finals. If the Warriors make it to the... Western Conference Finals against the Suns. If they you think the Suns, you think the 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 Warriors match up better against the Bucks than the than the Suns match up against the Bucks? No, I'm saying the Warriors match up against the Bucks better than the Warriors match up against the Suns. Interesting, but I can't even guarantee the Warriors make it past the first round, and then like they play the Grizzlies in the second round. And then they would play the Suns, and then they would play the Bucks. So I can't even guarantee that they'd win any of those. But I have them winning the whole thing. It's it's a it's about the. Heart. I don't know. It's I don't about know. the heart. It's, it's. I gotta believe. I mean, they gotta believe. They believe it. Draymond's always like, "We're the best team in the whole league." <laughs> but yeah, give me three contenders out of the whole field that you think can win the whole thing. Three from each side, or three. Three total. total. Okay, three total. Phoenix, okay. Uh, Milwaukee, Phoenix, Milwaukee, Boston. I'm I don't know between Boston and, and Memphis. Memphis winning the whole thing. If they get out of the West, I mean they have they have a better record than anyone in the East. Yeah. And they're all healthy, like Jaws back, and everyone else is at, like I think yeah. Memphis could win it all if they if they somehow survive the West, then they win it all. I think, or I don't think they win it all, but I think they have a chance to win it all. Yeah, that's a good point. I think whoever comes out of the West is gonna win the whole thing. If it whether it be the Suns, the Grizzlies, the Warriors, I don't think and, the Warriors have a chance. Okay, <laughs> I think they be whoever comes out of the East. 
that it would be the Bucks or the. Stars. I think no. I think I think the only two teams that could come out of the West and have a chance are Phoenix and Memphis. Versus, I think one through four in the East. Actually, I don't think one. I think three through four in the East have a chance. Oh, but that argument, you can't differentiate the Grizzlies as that above the Warriors. It's either. Just I think the you Suns. can. I think you can. Nah, not at full strength. I got the Warriors. I don't think. Well, it's a I tie. know what you got. I just. Think, <laughs> I, I I know what I got. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just think I don't know. I think there's enough of a gap between those two teams, dude. I mean, you even said Wiseman's not going to play. They don't have Wiseman. They don't That's have true. a big man besides Draymond. That's true. And when mean. and when when you match up against Phoenix, who has DeAndre Ayton, who's who's gonna card him? Draymond, and then you open up the floor for uh Deion uh what's his name? Aiden? No, no, no. Chris Paul and uh what uh Brooks. What what's his name? I'm having a blank. I don't know. They're su- they're superstar. Off of who? Phoenix. I'm drawing a blank. Devin Booker. Oh. I think, yeah, so you you put... Who's going to guard Devin Booker and Chris Paul when they play the Warriors? I guess it would just have to be Clay. And uh, uh, no Achilles Clay is going <laughs> to go back to his defensive self. Pre, pre-injury Clay is good at defense. Is he still good at defense now? Not really. He's figuring it out on offense. Yeah, so I don't think... I don't think... Okay, but anyways, I'm just saying I don't think... I think there is a big enough gap between what the Warriors are now. I think you're a nostalgic Warrior fan. You're looking at like what they were when they were fully healthy. Uh, Draymond has been injured. They've all, everyone's been injured. Clay has been injured for two years now. He doesn't have the defense he did. The Warriors were a very good offensive and defense team. Now they're just offense. They don't have Wiseman. That's a good point. Yeah, I can't really. I don't think. Yeah. Whatever. I'm sticking with it. So who are your three? Phoenix, Memphis, Milwaukee. Phoenix, Milwaukee, Memphis slash Boston. I'm going with four. Okay. I can't I can't differentiate differentiate between Memphis and Boston. And then you pretty much know my three. It's gotta be Phoenix, Milwaukee, and then The Warriors. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, whatever. Give me a sleeper team that might go farther than what you would expect. My sleeper team would be I think Brooklyn. Brooklyn's got to be the sleeper team. Yeah, I've got the 76ers because I had them beating the Heat. Mm. I don't, yeah. I think Brooklyn for the East, and if I were to pick a West sleeper, I'd go, um, I'll go Golden State. I've been, I've been disrespecting them a little bit, but I'll take them as my sleeper. Okay. All right, sounds good. That's a wrap on our playoff predictions. So thank you all for tuning in to our first episode. Tune in for more episodes for the casual fan. Once again, I'm Nate. I'm Nick. Yeah, see y'all.